Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. With majestic snow-covered mountains, clear rivers and lakes that are skyline silver, it looks like paradise to those who love the wilderness. The valleys are deep and trails run through the mountainsides. Both are home to gray wolves, bears, caribou, and moose. But something else may call this beautiful land home, something dark and sinister. It hides a mystical mystery in myth and legends. Less than a million people live there more than double that number visit every year. But what you may not know is that some vanish without a trace. Welcome to Destination Terror, your passport to the scariest places in the world. From haunted hotels to locations of unexplained creature sightings, we will travel to places that will provide excitement, adventure, and horror. Today we are discussing the Alaska Triangle, a remote area infamous for alien abductions, Bigfoot sightings, paranormal phenomena, and vanishing airplanes. So if you are into travel and all things scary, listen close and you might just discover your next exciting adventure destination, but hopefully not your final destination. Destination Terror is an EerieCast original podcast hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. If you would like to send us a suggestion or submit a story with your own experience, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at Carmen Carrion. If you enjoy the show, please follow and rate Destination Terror on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help us grow. Also, check out EerieCast.com for more scary podcasts, such as Tales from the Break Room and Redwood Bureau. Oliver Miller grew up in Sitka, Alaska, with only his mother to raise him. They lived in a two-bedroom apartment, and they were considered poor by most standards. His mom worked long hours as a dental hygienist, so he spent many long afternoons by himself. He was a rather awkward and quiet child. This led him to not having a lot of friends. As such, he watched a lot of TV and spent a lot of time online or visiting with his mother when she would get home late. Oliver would often ask questions about his father, as most kids would do. She would tell him about his father's crazy adventures, how he had been an outgoing outdoorsman, that always lived for the next big hunting or camping trip. 
Apparently, that is why they had moved to Alaska a couple of years before Oliver was born. It was his dad who had begged to move there for the vast wilderness and outdoor opportunities. The catch was that it was also that adventurous spirit that had cost him his life and left Oliver and his mom alone and without a lot of means. His dad had made big plans with a couple of his friends to go on a week-long hunting and camping trip in the middle of nowhere. They had rented a small plane and would have to fly in to where they wanted to start. One of the friends had a pilot's license and was very experienced at flying in that area. Oliver's mother had begged his father not to go because of the stories of the dreaded Alaska Triangle. They would be right in the middle of it. His father had refused to relent, saying that those were just silly myths. He told her it would be proven when he returned safely. Though obviously, that never happened. The plane had landed well enough, and they had made contact on day one. The following morning, no one heard from them, and by day three, a full search and rescue was launched. There was no sign of them or their plane. It seemed the earth had just swallowed them whole. The loss had been almost more than Oliver's mother could bear. She had lost her spark, and after that, she would drown herself in work and taking care of Oliver. It didn't help much that the locals whispered behind her back about how stupid it had been for her husband to go to such a place when he had a family at home. Much to her dismay, as Oliver got older, he exhibited some of the same traits as his dad, always dreaming of following in his dad's footsteps. In truth, Oliver really just wanted to be closer to his dad, to be more like him, outgoing and adventurous. That seemed to be far better than sitting at home alone and bored all the time. The day finally came when Oliver graduated and started his own journey in life. He began to go on small hiking and fishing trips in remote places with his like-minded friends, Eddie and Luke. Any chance between school and work was used on the next big trip, each one more dangerous than the last. Oliver got a degree in chemical engineering and finally, against his wishes, moved with his mother back to her family home in Texas. She was getting older and as he was always away at work, leaving her alone most of the time, she needed to be near family. The next couple of years he spent building his life. There weren't many opportunities to go on big expeditions. The hunting trips in Texas were okay, but without the dangerous wildlife and rapidly changing weather, it just didn't seem quite the same. There were no bragging rights to a simple hunting trip anymore. Oliver had finally met a girl that he was deeply in love with, and this further hindered his life of adventure. He had finally decided that his father's memory needed to be just that. Oliver wanted to live his life and enjoy it, even though that flame was still there for the rush of danger and excitement. He knew that that kind of life didn't line up well for a wife and eventually children, as he had been affected by it himself. He bought a ring and swore off leaving anymore, and then he proposed to his girlfriend. When he told Eddie over the phone of his engagement, he was disappointed and worried. 
Oliver had always been the leader of their crazy trips, and without him, he wasn't sure if they would be able to carry on. It was fine if he took a couple of years to work on his life, but to say that he was done with adventure was a different story. Eddie, still back in Alaska, hatched a plan. He knew what would get Oliver out of his rut. He made a few phone calls and put in for some time off. He then called Oliver and told him about his idea. He insisted that they needed one more outing before he was married. It would be the most important one. They would go to the same location that Oliver's father had disappeared. They would complete the trip he could not and come back home, clearing his name and proving Oliver's father had been right about the myths. At first, Oliver said hell no. He said that it would kill his mother and that his soon-to-be wife would leave him. Eddie suggested that they call it a bachelor party, just a bunch of old friends cutting loose for a week. When they got back, they could tell the truth, and even though his mom and fiancé might be angry, they would forgive him pretty quick. Oliver's mind was spinning with the thought of going there and being able to see the last place that his father had visited. He was almost foaming at the mouth at the mention of it. It drove him nuts for a few days. Finally, it almost felt like a dream when he picked up the phone and called Eddie to tell him he was in. Fast forward a couple of weeks, and he was on a commercial flight to Alaska. The flight didn't feel long because he was so excited. He almost felt drunk. He landed, only to drive to a remote airstrip and board a much smaller aircraft. On arrival, he saw Eddie and Luke waiting. After warm-hearted greetings and laughter, they loaded their stuff and told the pilot they were ready. On takeoff, Oliver couldn't help but think Eddie was right. This was, in fact, who he really is, and he was right where he was supposed to be. He even leaned in to thank Eddie for this. Eddie just laughed and said, I knew you needed this. It just took a little push to get you here. After that, there wasn't much talking for a bit. The propellers were so loud it didn't do much good to try to talk. Each of them sat quietly, thinking of what they might find on their trip, and how awesome it would be to say they did it. About the time they felt the plane begin to descend, the turbulence seemed to explode out of nowhere. It felt like they were on an angry ocean. The plane almost seemed to freefall, and then would catch, jarring them so hard only the seatbelts kept them in their seats. At first, Luke let out a scared, Whoa! But excited with adrenaline, Eddie and Oliver were laughing. A few moments later, the laughing stopped for Oliver. He could see what looked like bright lights whirling around in the dense clouds around them. It seemed like the wake in the air from these strange lights is what was causing the air to be so rough. It made Oliver uneasy, and he yelled, What is that? About the time his friends began to also zero in on the fact something wasn't right. The hull of the plane seemed to bust open. The plane was falling out of the air, and all they could do was sit and wait to see what their fate might be. 
Just as Oliver had begun to pray in his mind, the aircraft hit the ground hard, skidded forward away, and smashed into something hard, throwing everyone forward. Everything went dead silent and got very cold. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The last frontier is Alaska, the 49th state in the Union. It's twice the size of Texas and is home to 100,000 glaciers, 17 of the country's 20 tallest peaks, and more than half of the country's federally declared wilderness. It also contains a section of wilderness where more than 16,000 people have mysteriously disappeared. The Alaska Triangle presents a bit more of an issue than the Bermuda Triangle, which can be disproven using relatively straightforward physics, explanations, and refuting myth and lore. This peculiar triangular area, which stretches from the state's most populous city to one of its most isolated, has been linked to a number of peculiar phenomena. While many people genuinely think that something strange or paranormal is taking place within this triangle, there are also some fascinating geographical details that explain why such bizarre things occur there. Between Utqiagvik, Anchorage, and Juneau lies a region known as the Alaskan Triangle, which is made up of huge boreal forests, arid tundra, and snowy peaks. Four out of every 1,000 of the population have vanished from the area in the past 40 years, which is twice the national average. Every year, hundreds of coordinated search and rescue operations are conducted to locate missing locals, hikers, tourists, and airplane passengers frequently in vain. 
When U.S. House Majority Leader Hale Boggs mysteriously vanished into thin air between Genoa and Anchorage in 1972, the Alaska Triangle attracted attention. The next step was one of the biggest search and rescue operations in American history. 50 commercial aircraft and 40 military aircraft combed and searched an area of 32,000 square miles for over a month. Boggs, his crew, or his aircraft were never discovered. The Triangle is home to some of North America's roughest, most unforgiving wilderness, much like most of Alaska. It is a wide area covered with thick boreal woods, jagged mountain peaks, alpine lakes, and sizable tracts of undeveloped land. People going missing is hardly surprising, given this dramatic backdrop. The sheer number of persons that go missing, nevertheless, is unexpected. Additionally, many go missing without leaving any traces or bodies, alive or dead. There is a lengthy history of mysterious losses in the area. In 1950, the area saw one of the biggest national disappearances of military troops and planes. At 1 p.m. on January 26th, a C-54 Skymaster flying with an eight-man crew and 36 passengers departed from Anchorage. Two hours later, the airplane performed a regular radio check-in as it passed over a small Yukon settlement. It was the final message anyone ever got from the aircraft. Thousands of volunteers helped with a search effort that included U.S. and Canadian planes. But the C-54 was never located. A 1986 report made to the Federal Aviation Administration from a Japanese cargo flight provides the basis for one extraterrestrial theory. Flight 1628 of Japan Airlines allegedly came upon three unexplained airborne occurrences above the area. The pilot apparently ignored them because he believed the craft to be military in nature. Later, he noticed that the objects were maintaining their velocity and unpredictable motion around his own plane. The weird aircraft followed Flight 1628's every move for the following 50 minutes, while occasionally shooting off flashes of blinding light. Military and civilian radar confirmed the claims made by the crew and the FAA report later attracted widespread media attention. It's hardly a surprise that this wilderness, which is so large, is not precisely regarded as safe for folks with little training in backcountry survival. Even for those who are, the physically and mentally demanding Alaskan mountains present a challenge and are not forgiving of amateurs. Because of this, the location is rather dangerous for anyone with little to no survival abilities, and people who become lost are frequently difficult to find. According to another idea, the triangle is home to enormous energy vortexes that are constantly churning. Based on their rotation, it is thought that these energy centers have an impact on human emotions and behavior. While a counterclockwise spinning vortex encourages negativity and perplexity, a clockwise spinning vortex produces good results. In Alaska, magnetic anomalies have been detected at higher intensity, according to electronic data, 
and search teams have recorded compass errors of up to 30 degrees. Volunteers frequently describe strange symptoms, such as disorientation and oral hallucinations, while they are searching the region. Everything but Bigfoot has been assumed to dwell in the Alaska Triangle, but there are also some fairly dreadful creatures that have been identified there. For instance, the grizzly bear is a tough adversary, especially if one encounters a sow mother and her young. Hikers should worry more about the monsters that are right around the corner of the trail, rather than the ones that live inside their own heads. Given that, it would be odd if travelers to the Alaska Triangle didn't report seeing a huge, bizarre animal. While some people are adamant that the fabled Sasquatch lives in various regions of the world, others are a little more dubious. No one would want to be stranded in this area alone, no matter what appears to be prowling around Alaska's most hostile environments. The indigenous Clinket and Simsian people have a different theory regarding the disappearances. A shape-shifting cryptid known as the Kushtaka prowls Alaska's tundra in search of prey, specifically humans. Despite being frequently linked to the legend of Bigfoot, the Kushtaka appears to function in a much more nefarious way. Legend has it that the otter-like creatures disguise themselves as a dependable family member or friend and approach those who are hurt or lost. They drag their prey farther into the woods where they are either torn apart or transformed into another Kushtaka. The mythology is especially well known in Southeast Alaska. The number of visitors that the region experiences hasn't appeared to be impacted by the numerous tales and urban legends surrounding the Alaska Triangle. In fact, it appears that more people are traveling to Alaska and are naturally curious about the phenomena that surround its wildest and most remote regions. And it is no wonder since Alaska is known for its diverse terrain of open spaces, mountains, forests, exotic wildlife, and quaint small towns. Alaska is one of the largest and most sparsely populated states in America. Skiing, mountain biking, and kayaking are just a few of the daring activities available in Alaska that are sure to awaken the untamed and mystical spirit of adventure inside you. Alaska is famous for its breathtaking landscapes, enormous glaciers, lush forests, romantic lodges, and an abundance of wildlife. Visit Alaska's enticing towns and cities such as Juneau, Anchorage, Ketchikan, Talkeetna, Skagway, Sitka, Haines, Homer, and Valdez, while driving along the 1,500-mile Alaska Highway and viewing the Northern Lights. Denali National Park is located in central Alaska with the Denali Mountain at its heart. Denali, one of the top Alaska destinations, is part of the Alaska Range and with its highest peak at 20,310 feet, it is the highest mountain in North America. The upper part of the mountain is always covered with snow and glaciers, and the temperatures can reach minus 75 degrees Fahrenheit. In spite of the extreme cold, the mountain and the park are home to many animals, among them 39 species of mammals and 169 species of birds. Then there's the Mendenhall Glacier, which stretches 12 miles from the Juneau Ice Field towards Mendenhall Lake and is one of the most famous Alaska tourist attractions. It is about half a mile wide and the ice is between 300 and 1800 feet deep. 
The glacier has retreated two and a half miles since the mid-1700s. Its magnificent blue color comes from its crystalline structure, which affects how light reflects off the ice. The best way to see the glacier is by kayaking up to its face or from a helicopter. Among many popular glacier-related activities are ice climbing and exploring ice caves. There are also a few well-maintained hiking trails leading up to the glacier. There are historic towns in Alaska that are worth a visit as well, such as Talkeetna. Snuggled at the base of Denali, the tallest mountain in the country, Talkeetna is a historic town that is an excellent starting point from which to experience true Alaska. Just taking photos of the towering Alaska range is a treat. Near Talkeetna, you can go fishing, hiking, skiing, mushing, and mountain climbing. Take a ziplining tour or visit great art galleries, excellent restaurants, and local craft breweries. Talkeetna is a frontier town like none other. If you are thirsting for excitement and mystery, any popular location inside the Alaska Triangle would be a great destination. Maybe while you are there, you can unlock the mystery of the Alaska Triangle. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Oliver tried to quickly gather his thoughts. He could hear someone moaning, but he couldn't see them. It took him a minute to unbuckle his seatbelt. As soon as he stood up, he stumbled and fell back down. Something warm was flowing into his right eye, and at first he thought it was sweat, but soon realized it was blood when it seeped into his mouth and he could taste it. He had taken a nasty blow to the head, but couldn't remember when or from what. As he took a deep breath and forced himself to stand up, a light came on toward the back of the plane. It was Eddie. He had managed to find his pack and get his flashlight out. Now that he could see, he ran to Oliver telling him to sit down. Oliver assured him he was fine. He told Eddie to check on Luke because he had heard him moaning earlier. Eddie managed to get enough stuff cleared out of the way, and finally he found him. 
Soon Luke was sitting up talking, and Oliver was just glad to see he had survived. Eddie had even managed to get to the pilot and get him dug out, as snow had filled the cockpit. Oliver asked the next important question. What do we do next? And who all back home knows where we are? Eddie and Luke's faces became grim as Luke explained that they hadn't told anyone where they were going. They didn't want any chances of anyone talking to his fiancée or mother. Oliver sank into his seat, the feeling of utter defeat filling his mind. That lasted for a few minutes before he got to his feet and said, We should start finding provisions. Eddie agreed and soon they were all at work. Oliver began talking with the pilot. His name was Alan and he had been flying for a long time. Oliver asked him if he had ever seen lights like that before and if he thought they had caused the crash. Alan told him he had heard about the lights from other pilots but had never actually seen them himself until today. He believed they seemed to be coming in whirlwinds like small tornadoes. He did also think that they had for sure been what caused the wreck. Oliver just hoped they didn't see anything else unusual. But that hope would soon be lost. The party finally had everything together. They decided they would hike up the side of the mountain so that maybe they could signal any aircraft that may be passing by. As they walked, they could hear a strange scream once in a while off in the distance. There was a second from the other direction that would follow soon after, every time. Luke had mentioned the fact that it could have almost passed for human, to which Alan had replied that he had never heard a sound like that before. Eddie finally jumped in and told them to be quiet. He told them that whatever it was, there were two of them, and they were communicating from a long distance. This thought had occurred to Oliver, but he hadn't wanted to say it out loud. Eddie commented further that he had never heard that kind of animal before, but he was sure they didn't want to meet one now. As he turned to speak to Oliver, he abruptly stopped. His face turned as pale as the snow he was standing on. He was staring beyond where Alan was standing. As they all slowly turned their attention that way as well, they all had the same reaction as Eddie. About ten feet behind Alan stood what seemed to be a mutant. It was humanoid in a way, but also had some animal characteristics as well. It was about eight feet tall and seemed like an albino totally devoid of hair. Its eyes were pink, which stood out against the backdrop of snow and ice behind it. Oliver noticed that it was wearing some kind of clothing, but he'd never seen anything like it before. It was kind of like a jumpsuit that fit the creature's form perfectly. Alan, being the closest to it, decided to assume the creature might be friendly. As he put out his hand and started to speak, the creature opened its mouth and let out an ear-shattering scream. As Alan turned to run, the beast squatted down and jumped far enough that it cleared the ten feet in between them as easily as taking a step forward. It landed right beside Alan and knocked him off his feet in mid-stride. The other three men stopped to see if they could help. But everything happened so fast, 
All they could do is stand and watch. Alan quickly jumped to his feet and threw a large rock, striking the creature in the head with a hard thud. It grabbed Alan by the arm that was still extended from throwing the rock, and with its other arm smashed him over the head with its bare fist. His head cracked, and blood splattered far enough that it landed at Oliver's feet. Still holding onto Alan's arm, it flung his lifeless body toward Eddie. Alan's body was still jerking as Eddie looked down in horror. He turned to run and ran right into another such creature, knocking him to the ground. Four more had shown up in the moments Alan was killed. Within seconds, all three men were subdued and captured. They were dragged up the side of the mountain for what seemed like hours. They eventually reached a small valley on the other side of the mountain. As they descended into it, Oliver could see a small, circular, flat-looking piece of metal. As they got closer, it got larger. Eddie shot a look to Oliver as if they were both thinking the same thing. The flat piece of metal was in fact what some had called a UFO. It was sitting right outside a large indention in the rocks, barely hidden though it would be from any planes or helicopters flying overhead. Oliver, Luke, and Eddie were forced into a large deep crevice in the ground. Deep enough, there would be no way to climb out. As soon as the creatures had walked away, the three men huddled together trying to get warm. Oliver asked Eddie if he could even believe what was happening. And Luke yelled at them, What the hell is happening? Oliver calmly explained to him that they believed that the circular metal-looking thing was in fact a flying saucer. Eddie backed him up by saying, Those things have to be alien. Luke responded desperately, Why would they take us? And why did they kill Alan? Oliver explained that they killed him because he tried to fight. They wanted us to see what would happen. They are probably very intelligent. Eddie then asked Oliver, Do you think this is what has been happening to everyone that disappears here for the last century? That these things just wait here to take people when they crash? Or make them crash? Oliver thought for a moment and then suggested, Maybe they broke down here a long time ago. No telling what their lifespan might be. It's possible that they are using that ship to emit those strange whirling energy fields to bring planes down and mess with people's compasses and get them lost. And Luke said again scared, but why? Why would they do that? Eddie said, not making anyone feel any better, did you see those teeth? They have to be eating something and it may be that is how they hunt. About that time, the fear of what was going on set in, and without warning, a stick with a rope around the end was hooked around Eddie's neck, and he was pulled from the pit along with Luke and Oliver. The creatures stood over them, examining them like specimen. They seemed to communicate with a series of different grunts and high-pitched screeching. Apparently, a decision had been made. The largest creature grabbed Eddie by the back of his head and pushed him into the center of a circle created by stones on the ground. Before Luke and Oliver could even start to protest, 
Eddie was struck several times with an object that looked like a club. They watched in horror as he was hung upside down and gutted while he was still moaning. They began to scream and begged for them to stop. All five of the creatures almost seemed to get a sort of twisted pleasure watching them beg. Soon, Luke was grabbed and jerked over the large circle. Oliver closed his eyes as he tried to slide out of reality and not hear Luke's screams and the sound of the monsters killing him. Oliver wished he hadn't left home. He was trying to think of his warm house and his soon-to-be beautiful wife, the life they would have had together. He wondered if this is how his father had felt just before. Thank you for joining us to explore the Alaska Triangle and its many dark mysteries. Tune in next week as we discuss another terrific location. I'm Carmen Carrion. Remember, you can send me suggestions and stories of haunted places to my email, carmencarrion at gmail.com, or follow me on Twitter at Carmen Carrion. Be sure to check out eeriecast.com for more terrifying podcasts. Until next time, be safe out there until I see you at our next destination.